community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. We're back with another trade update after a huge day three for the AFL trade period. I'm Lech Dog, and joining me is our man in the West, the man who's currently peeking through Tim Kelly's bushes. Damo, how are you? I'm good, Lech. Damo, now let's get straight to it. We're going to break this down. For the listeners, everyone knows what the trade was, but we'll break down the Supercoach ramifications and we're just bloody going to let you have it as a as an angry Frio supporter. But first, let's have a look at the trade. Essendon got in pick 33 and 57. They sent out pick 37 and 52. So dropped down in the third round a little bit, jumped up in the fourth round or fifth round a little bit. Geelong obviously got the big haul of pick 14, 24, 37 and a future first round pick from the Eagles, 2020 pick and sent out Tim Kelly, pick 57 and a 2020 third rounder and in comes for West Coast, Tim Kelly, pick 52 and a 2023rd and out goes obviously all those picks that went to Geelong. First of all, what's your take on the trade demo? I could be talking for ages here. Um... I, to be honest, I I think this trade shoots West Coast in the foot. They definitely want to put themselves in the frame for another premiership within the next couple couple of years because they're because they don't get a pick until pick fifty two in this year's draft. So they must have a plan there. But they've also stocked up at the twenty sixteen draft or twenty seventeen draft. So they're not completely dry of kids. Uh, the Dockers, on the other hand. The, this worked out perfectly for, for the Dockers. The Dockers are going to get pick six and seven, probably um, at the draft. They've already got seven, six through the Brad Hill deal. They can take that to the draft and get two of the best kids, probably WA crop. They don't want to be trading for these players in two to three years' time. So Eagles getting Tim Kelly and having another shot at a premiership is perfect for the Eagles. The Dockers, where they are right now, it's perfect for them to go to the draft and pick up some kids. And they're going to get Liam Henry as well. So... It's a really good result for both teams. And not to mention for Geelong as well, who pull in a ton of picks. Um, my opinion is, I don't think, the, I think I agree with you. I don't think there's any losers in the trade. I think um, you can't be a loser if you bring in Tim Kelly. And I don't think you can be a loser if you're getting two second rounders and two first rounders in a deal. Uh, Geelong will look to fill that void, you'd think, with a Jack Stephen type player. Not the same, won't have the same impact. We'll try and fill that void a little. They've got a ton of picks, and you know they're very good at the draft if they don't move them on. I think this is a very good deal. I would love to have Tim Kelly in my team. And one thing to remember, Damo uh, Plough actually talked about this on Trade, Trade Radio, is sure, they've brought Tim Kelly, t- Tim Kelly in, but they've lost... Uh, They've lost young Rioli, so, you know, they they still got to fill the void there. Um, but I think, from an objective point of view, I think it's a great deal for everyone, and for some reason, also, Essendon was involved. Uh, we really should have got Patch on to talk about the Essendon part of the trade. Um, Damon, let's talk about the Supercoach ramifications here, because there's a couple of ways to look at it. The first is Tim Kelly, well... Let's just let's just say it. Tim Kelly's going to be a midfielder only next year, Damo. You look at his heat map, he ain't going to be a forward eligible player. So one, is he good enough to be a midfielder only and warrant selection? Two, he's going into a pretty stacked midfield at West Coast. And three, what does this do for Geelong? Kelly goes out, maybe Stephen comes in. Does this mean Danger just absolutely blitzes it again? Does a Joel Selwood come back into consideration? There's a lot to break down here, Damo. But let's start 
I think, if that's okay with you, with the West Coast midfield and how we think Tim Kelly will fit in there and whether we think he is a valuable selection next year. Do you want to give us your thoughts, Damo? I think Tim Kelly starts in their midfield, no question. And I think that pushes Elliot Eo back to his half-back position. And I think it pushes Jack Redden forward, back to his half-forward position that he was in when he first got recruited by the Eagles. Uh, I wouldn't pick Tim Kelly up first thing um, in your starting side, just because you never know how these players fit into it to a new team, into a new system. And West Coast... Their midfield is great for centre clearances, but their contested possessions, they're, they're one of the last teams in in the rankings. So who knows where that stacks up and whether that helps or hinders his his scores. Yeah, it's a good point you make. Obviously, with a lot of these girls, it's going to be a wait-and-see prospect, see how they fit in the team. I think it's worth noting Tim Kelly. We'll, we'll read out his stats here. He averaged 103.5 in the Supercoach regular season, but then he went on to pump out a an 82 in the qualifying, qualifying final, a 110 and a 138 in what was probably a best-on performance in the prelim final, at least for... Uh, Geelong, anyway, he's capable of big scores. He jumped his average up from, in his first year, sorry, I've just closed my tab, 93.2. He bumped it up to 103.5. Let's say he follows that trend, which I find unlikely, and bumped it up to a 113. Suddenly, you've got a a bargain at that sort of mid-500k for probably about, what, 510 to 520 range with an average of 103, maybe a bit higher. Um but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's sort of seal. His, I think his ceiling in terms of consistent scoring might only be a few points higher than one hundred three point five, which is what he had this year. And I think when we go in to pick our teams next year, you're going to look at guys like Stephen Ganigliog, Stephen Canilio, who is going to be cheaper than Tim Kelly. And I think his ceiling. Well, I mean, he pumped out a one fifty four and a two hundred seven last year. So I think there's going to be players that you'll be selecting ahead of Tim Kelly in terms of super coach. Well, we um, talked about Willie Rioli probably missing one to four years and there are a hole to be filled there. Does he spend time as that smallish forward for the Eagles and does that potentially hurt his output in some games? I don't think they do that. I don't think you bring in Tim Kelly to do that. During um, across the 25 games, he scored 24 goals. Um, which is pretty close to a goal a game. But I think that was more happenstance, him being in good positions, not really not playing as a forward. I don't think you bring him in to play as as a, as a forward. And, and, you know, they've got some stocks. They've got, um, uh, forgive me for forgetting his name, Charlie Cameron's brother, uh, his first name. Jared. Jared, um, who might be able to fill the small forward role. They've got uh, they've got quite a few players there, to be honest, um, that can step up. I don't think you're going to use Tim Kelly in that respect. Uh, I think Tim Kelly leaves a bit... Of, well, he obviously leaves a hole. He leaves 103.5 points per game hole in their uh, in their side. I think if you bring over a Jack Stephen and at his best, you, he, maybe, he maybe pulls back, I don't know, 90 of those, but I don't, it doesn't exactly work that way. So I think there is some points to go around, and I think it's going to go to... They're better players. You know my, my, my belief that good players don't steal points from each other. I think Tim Kelly's absence is going to boost the points of 
maybe Dangerfield by a couple, but I dare say he'll probably play a little bit more forward. But I think your Joel Selwood, your your Duncans, um, and your, even your Menegolas, I think uh, if he's getting a run through the midfield, uh, there's plenty of opportunities for them to increase their points. I think Duncan's the really exciting one. I know he does plays a slightly different role. He's more of an outsider on the wing. Um and then also Charlie uh, Constable, if he could break into that side, I think there's now space for him, and he could be a very interesting prospect. He'll be very expensive, but particularly in draft, he might be an option that really benefits from this trade. Damo, do you have any thoughts on the Geelong side of things? I'm going to give give you a name, or I need you to give me your thoughts on this, Lek. Brandon Parfit. Parfit. That's interesting. Um what, do you think he'll be able to play more midfield time than he currently does? Do you think he'll be able to step up? And does he become super coach relevant because of it? I think he becomes very super coach relevant because of Tim Kelly's departure. So Brandon Parford, he's 21. He's played the uh, 54, 55-odd games. Averaged 78.7 last year in super coach. Played 20 games. Um, and so there's no fear that he might become a, a forward Target because I don't think he actually played a heap of forward this year. I'll bring up his heat map while you're talking. Um, you see him as a viable option if he doesn't have forward eligibility. I think Jack Stevens won't slot into their midfield. I think Jack Stevens will allow one of their forwards to slot into their midfield instead. Um, so the likes of Sam Menegola, Brandon Parfit, Quinton Narkel, even Gary Rowan might get a rotation through there but I think Jack Steven comes in as more of like a forward who can go into the midfield rather than a midfielder who can go forward yeah I guess he's got to build his tank up again we saw him do that at uh St Kilda in a couple of later games he played he kicked a few amazing goals I've just pulled up Brandon Parfit's uh, heat map he played 60% in the offensive half of the ground um, mostly it looks like up on a sort of high half forward wing type area. So maybe he keeps his forward eligibility. And I think he particularly becomes interesting then. Averaged 78.7 last year. I think I can't do the maths off the top of my head, but I, I imagine that'd be around the 400k, maybe a little bit higher mark. Um, so yeah, maybe he does become interesting. Uh, Damo, what are you sort of, as we cool this podcast down this mini pod what are your final thoughts what are your final vibes how are you feeling are you excited that the first trade the first big trade has gone down you wouldn't have expected this trade to be the first one done but Geelong have a reputation for wanting to get their deals done quickly and fairly so it's it surprises most but it also doesn't surprise most at the exact same time just because of Stephen Wells reputation so it's a win for every single club involved, even the Dockers who weren't involved but were supposedly in the mix. So, win for everyone. Yeah, it's really good. And I, I can't remember who, I think it might have been Tim Kelly's manager was talking on Trade Radio today. He was saying that, obviously, they've been working at this deal for the last sort of couple of weeks, if not longer. Like, obviously, this deal has been worked on for a long time. Um and can I just can I just have a grunt for for a second, Damo? To all the people out there tweeting, trade week's boring. It needs to be closed down to one day. Uh, just relax, because 
everywhere else in the world, trade period lasts for like, you know, three months and there's no expectation that people just sit by their radios waiting for something to happen. Like, just chill out. Let it happen. It's okay. You don't have to sit here listening to trade radio 24-7. You can actually just go and do other things if you want. In other uh, sports, the only time there's heaps and heaps of trades is at the deadline and it's often for not very exciting deals. So just chill out, eh? One more thing, Lek. Some people wondered why he was so keen to get to West Coast and not Fremantle, thinking that he was just a West Coast fan or that something had happened at Freo. And I'll admit Fremantle hasn't been the most stable environment over the last couple of years, but he was actually a Fremantle supporter before he got drafted. There is pictures of him on his Instagram in Dockers gear and his kids in Dockers gear at Dockers games. So I think what made him want to go to the Eagles was the Eagles are in a premiership window They've got a stable environment and they've just opened a brand new training facility. So all of those things point to just being a good club to go to. The Dockers have a new training facility. They've only, they've only just appointed a new coach after two years of will he, won't he with Ross Lyon. And they're still looking for a CEO. So you can't blame Tim Kelly for wanting to go for a more stable environment, especially with the situation his family is in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Uh, I think we're done, Lek. I think it's been a very good little short mini pod. I don't know why I said it like that, but yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know either. <laughs> um, like I said in the last one I was on, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at DamoSC um, and Lekdog is at LekdogSC. Uh, tune in to these whenever a trade goes down. We'll try and get them up as fast as possible. It might be me and Lek, it might be me and Patch, it might be Lek and Patch. Who knows? 